Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let Mom's Green Thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants, indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give Mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Friends, my internet buddies, you are so beautiful today. My name is Josh Norris, and welcome to the Roto World Football Podcast. As you know, it is the most important podcast in the universe. Thank you for making our kickoff show a success on Sunday. It is on Roto World's YouTube page. We are doing it each and every Sunday, noon Eastern, leading up to kickoff. Every single member of the Roto World Football crew, well, not every single one, most of them, um, will, are joining me to help you set your optimal lineup. So go and check that out. We put out a scheduled stream on Friday. So go to the Rotoworld YouTube page. Just search Rotoworld on YouTube. Also, we have this podcast on Tuesdays. We also have another podcast on Thursdays and on Fridays. Three per week for all of you. So if you're not subscribed to this episode, to this podcast, go and do that right now. If you are, leave us a review. You've been awesome with the reviews as of late. We keep adding more and more and more. We're here to help you out, and in turn, you all are helping us out. On this episode, each week, as you know, I bring on Ray Summerlin. So here he is, Ray Summerlin. Ray, if you were a Pokemon, what type of Pokemon would you be? Like what What type or like which Pokemon? Either or. Uh, I think I would be, I think I'd be a rock type Pokemon. Okay. Uh, maybe an Onyx, something like that. I've always I think th- you're more of a Geodude. I am kind of a dude. I I would think that, um, yeah. I like I like to be I like to be a resistance to electricity. So I, I feel, and I've got kind of allergies, so I might grass might tear me up. So yeah, I guess rock. Uh, all of you out there, if you want to share your favorite or what type of Pokemon you would be, send it to me on Twitter at Josh Norris. You're sending more feedback. What about you? Much. Sure, I love. Um, I'm I'm not sure. I will say like I was I love Blastoise. Like love Blastoise. And so I was more of like a what, what, Squirtle. I was a Squirtle guy. But I mean, okay, I absolutely loved Pokemon Stadium growing up because, you know, then you like you see these li- these creatures that you had on your Game Boy and then it was on the 64 and you're like, how does this work? This is technology. And then Pokemon Snap, one of the most underrated games of all time. Absolutely. I uh, no, you hot, don't agree. That's a hot take. Uh, you yeah. know what it's? Probably one of those games, Ray, that if I go back and play it right now, I hate I would hate it. Okay. But at that time, I loved it. It was perfect for that time. It's kind of like me and the OC. You know, the OC when I was in high school, <laughs> I absolutely loved that television show. Now, if I went back and rewatched it, maybe I should do that while while writing these videos. I might hate it. 
but at that time it might be my favorite show ever. Yeah. Uh, Am I just I like embarrassing the, myself tonight? No, no, no. I, I, the OC. That's a that's a really good call. I I thought that you would be more of a Dawson's Creek kind of person. No, but... nah. It's it's the OC. Summer, sup, girl. Okay. Um, <laughs> Ray, uh, we are recording this for all of you I out there. Forget, sorry, I always forget you're a little bit younger than me. It in that I'm thirty. And, yeah, I'm and those those three years difference really do change a lot of references, don't they? Probably. Were you a big Power Rangers person? I, I don't. I don't. Wouldn't describe it as big, but yeah, I did. I did. I mean, I, I was did massive. Power Ranger, or a few. I mean, I, I think I've watched that movie probably fifty times. I <laughs> see. That's funny. I've watched the Pokemon movie probably a thousand times. That that too. That too. I'm sure we both share Dragon Ball Z though. Oh, are you kidding me? Dragon Ball right. Super still running. Watch it on Crunchyroll. It's good. All right, we are going to sidebar and table that conversation until another time, Ray. We've got plenty. We've got the whole season for this. Uh, so let's start. Ray, okay. Each and every year, there are players that perform in week one and we kind of overreact to, right? Because this is the waiver podcast. This is where we want to know, filter through the trash a little bit, the, the outliers somewhat, because those can happen in week one, and try to figure out who we should pick up and who we sh- should not pick up and use that waiver priority for. Is there anyone in week one who had an awesome week that you think we still need to see more from before you're sold on who they are as contributors? I feel like you're you're lobbing up a softball here. I am. And I feel like you just want me to say Will Disley, right? I do. That's the only, that's the answer. I mean, comes out of nowhere, 105 yards and a touchdown, a 66-yard catch and run in which he bounced off like three tacklers. And it was it was odd for lots of reasons. One, it was odd because he's a rookie tight end, just came out of nowhere. We didn't expect this. We expected Nick Vanette to be the receiving option. It's also odd because, and you can speak more to this, he was thought of as a blocking tight end. That's what he was thought of when he came out of college, correct? Yes. I mean, he was drafted to be like a sixth offensive lineman, it seemed. Yeah, so all of this is odd. And and you go and look back at the game, he had he had five targets, only one of those came in the second half. And the second half is really when they were, you know, were throwing a little bit more. Nick Vanette got more involved in the third and fourth quarter. Uh oh. We've got the train though for Will Disley, Ray. We got the train coming. <laughs> no. I don't want to have to put Will Disley in Stop! My Stop the train. <laughs> this 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 feels like a fluke. And maybe it's not. Maybe we're wrong, but it, this happens, like you said, this happens every single year. Someone explodes in week one. Everybody gets super excited because everybody's still paying attention. And then, yeah, then it just kind of disappears into the ether. So I, I think that that's probably what's going to happen here with Will Disley, but I guess we'll see. And it kind of stands out more so because of the down-ish week or average week the tight end yeah. position had as a whole, right? Yeah. yeah. And okay. I mean... So- that's that's might just be what tight ends are moving forward. Unfortunately, now that we've lost at least one and probably two of right. of the top tight ends, yeah, it's 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 getting ugly out there in the streets. Well, and and when Travis Kelsey does nothing, yeah. Trey Burton does very little, David Njoku does very little, even though the targets are there, which is you know what we kind of care most about. Not well, we do care about receiving yards and t- touchdowns, but we care most about opportunity then again, it makes an outlier possibly stand out. But again, if he goes out in week two and performs well against what the Bears, then it's possible. Yep. Ray, let's hit on some names that you actually like. Okay. Yeah. Let's start off with TJ Yeldon, who stepped in for an injured Leonard Fournette <laughs> after about like a quarter and a half when Fournette already had what, like 12 touches and was looking great. Look at, he was looking amazing. 
by the and way. And then PJ Yeldon finishes with a fantastic game that should have been Leonard Fournette's. Yep. It was disappointing as someone who was tasked with watching that game to watch Fournette leave. What I think was the most disappointing part about it is there was always hope that he was coming back until they finally ruled him out in the third quarter. Like they, they didn't really initially take him to the locker room. He didn't limp off the field. Really. We just kind of holding his hamstring. They tried to stretch him out. They take him to the locker room coming out of halftime. Tiki Barber, who's working the sidelines now. Good for you, Tiki. Uh, he says that, you know, Litter Fournette, he might try to come back. Never happened. Eventually they ruled him out. All signs point to this being a minor injury. That's what the coaching staff has continually said. So perhaps he doesn't even miss a game. But I think as I learned last week, and I learned my lesson well, is when you have a potentially large opportunity in front of you, you just go ahead and put that person as your number one player. And I'm going to do that with TJ Yeldon this week. I'm not going to make the James Conner mistake, even though I will say I did rectify it on Wednesday. I'm not going to make that same mistake this week. The opportunity is potentially there. He outtouched Corey Grant 17 to 1. He outsnapped him 39 to 6. If Leonard Fournette is out, I have no doubt that TJ in my mind that TJ Yeldon's going to be the clear lead back. And if that happens, I mean, it's a pretty good matchup, I think, still against New England. I mean, Lamar Miller had his best game in years, even though the offense wasn't moving. So I I like I like that matchup a little bit for Yeldon. And I think he'll be a top 24 at worst running back if Leonard Fournette is out. Like, I want Leonard Fournette to be back, but then I also don't want it to be like a worse hamstring yep. injury. Like, it, it all sucks already. Football stinks. Ray, we spent all offseason, I wouldn't say arguing or debating, but having a conversation about the, the Broncos' backfield, right? Royce Freeman versus Devontae Booker. It was an extended conversation. Philip Lindsay looked great in the preseason, Ray, but it was kind of one of those roles that we thought, okay, he might see some passing down situations. But then he goes out and has the hot hand in week one, and I believe leads the team in touches. Yeah, he led the backfield in touches. He saw the same number of carries as Royce Freeman. He only played three fewer snaps than Royce Freeman and played more than Devontae Booker. It it did really seem like a hot hand because, I, again, I was watching that game as well. And it seemed like, all right, Royce Freeman started. Devontae Booker was playing third downs. And by the way, continued to play third downs throughout the game. So it seems like that role is kind of his, at least for the moment. But then Lindsey caught a touchdown pass, was looking good, and he just kept getting carries, kept getting carries, kept getting carries. And he would have had a much better game than Royce Freeman if not for a long run at the end of the game when they were trying to trying to kill out the clock that Freeman made. And by the way, Lindsey got some carries in that situation as well. So it's a really weird, it's a really weird situation. I look at it, I still think Royce Freeman is the starter, but I think that the concerns that we had about Royce Freeman heading into the season, that this would be a committee, that's that looks like that's definitely going to happen. Whether it's Philip Lindsay, and we'll see if this was just a hot hand situation or if he will continue to get this type of workload, whether it's him or whether it's Booker, they are going to get other people involved in that backfield. And and that's bad news for Freeman, but mm-hmm. it could open up some fantasy value for Philip Lindsay. And Emmanuel Sanders is still a boss. That uh, is factual. Factual. Talk about another boss, Ray Summerlin, Chris Godwin. Chris Godwin, the beloved, not child, but piece of the offense for Todd Munkin. Uh, Chris Godwin looked exceptional. I mean, everyone on the Bucks looked great, but his contested catch for a touchdown was awesome. I mean, this is a guy who's what, like 22 years old now, who was drafted with the number 84 overall selection, who's a great athlete, over six foot one. 
Um, Ray is now the time we should invest in Chris Godwin if he wasn't selected. And if he was, I'm not going to say people are going to start him in the flex, but it could be moving in that direction with how well he's playing. Well, I, and most importantly, Deshaun Jackson suffered a concussion in that game. Yeah. And we don't know what his status is going to be. And, and perhaps he comes back, but I'll say this about Godwin. If Deshaun Jackson is out, he is going to be, he is going to be a top 36 option for me because Ooh. when you saw what, well, they, they are playing the Eagles and that's a tough defense, perhaps the toughest defense in the league. But if you look at what he did last year in games where he got at least six targets, and that was four games, he averaged 86 yards a game in those. He was a monster in those games. We saw Ryan Fitzpatrick play well. I don't think that that's going to happen again, especially against the Eagles, but we saw him play well enough at least to support Godwin. And like you said, I, I just think he's a great player. I think they need to get him more targets regardless. I, he's my number one receiver ad this week, and there are lots of options out there, but he's number one because I'm not sure where Deshaun Jackson is going to be. And even if Deshaun Jackson comes back, is able to get through the protocol, and he's fine to play, Godwin is at worst a bench stash who may end up getting enough targets to to be startable every week, even especially as we move into the bye weeks. So I am I am all in on Chris Godwin. I was wary heading into the season because I didn't know if he'd get the targets. I think we talked about him on this podcast last week. We did because I didn't know if he was going to get the targets. He got enough of them last week, and now with Deshaun Jackson, yeah, I'm I'm going all in, and I mean. Penn State wide receivers. It doesn't ever hurt to invest. The Godwins rise to the top. Ray, I need to tell you about draft.com because maybe you didn't draft Chris Godwin in your season long leagues, but guess what? Draft.com will allow you to select him each and every week. And by the way, draft.com is available in your app store. It's weekly fantasy football, but with no salary caps. On draft, you play in live snake drafts with other people, just like in your season-long leagues. Here's, here's how it works. It's a draft that lasts just one week, and there is no management. Just set it and forget it. Once you're done drafting, that's it. No trades, no waiver wire, and drafts start every couple of minutes. You can join one right now. And the best part, play for cold, hard cash. Drafts start from just $1, so there's a draft for everyone. No salary caps, play in real live snake drafts. And we also have an option, draft does, for auction drafts. So for a limited time only, all new players get a free entry into a draft when you make your first deposit. But you have to use promo code ROTOWORLD or, or go to draft.com slash ROTOWORLD. Again, that's a free entry in a real money game with promo code ROTOWORLD. I love draft.com. I use it a lot this summer, and I'm definitely going to try it out week to week. Just search draft in the app store or go to draft.com and come play for free with promo code RotoWorld. Ray, let's talk about Philip Dorsett. Tell me about Philip Dorsett because he outscored Chris Hogan in week one. Yeah, and I mean, I think we talked about him last week. I, I had him as an ad last week. It shouldn't be surprising what happened in, in week one. Perhaps it's a little surprising they had two more targets than Chris Hogan. I expected Chris Hogan to have a big game, and that was probably probably my biggest L of week one. But the Philip Dorsett stuff shouldn't be surprising because he worked as the clear number three wide receiver in the preseason, and that was with Julian Edelman. With Julian Edelman gone, he was the number two receiver. Tom Brady talked after this game like he felt comfortable with Dorsett. I mean, I think we forget that Dorsett was a first-round pick. It was a Ryan Grigson first-round pick, so, you know, Take that with a grain of salt. But it, it was he was still a first-round pick. I think he's a pretty good player. 
They get the Jaguars this week. You're not going to be excited to start him then. But after that, they get the Lions and the Dolphins before Julian Edelman comes back. I think he's going to be startable in both of those contests. And I'm going to be picking him up in, in most leagues. Okay, Brandon Marshall, Ray. Brandon Marshall was kind of like a, I wouldn't say under the radar signing uh, this offseason, but like once he was signed compared to previous years, there was no hubbub. There was no hype about it. But he played quite a bit in the first week with Russell Wilson. And now there is no Doug Baldwin on that roster because he's injured with an MCL tear. Yeah, and Tyler Lockett is owned in too many leagues to to be considered for waiver wired. So he's not going to be in the, in this list, but he, he obviously should be added as well. But Marshall might actually be the better option. Lockett played more snaps. He came down with a big catch in week one, but Marshall had two more targets, had a touchdown catch of his own and figures to be more involved in the red zone. In fact, he had another touchdown that was negated by an offensive pass interference, his own offensive pass interference, but he was, he was targeted more down there in the red zone you know, Seattle's patch catching, pass catching group, Will Disley aside, uh, Hall of, future Hall of Famer Will Disley aside, <laughs> their pass catching group looks rough. It looks really, yep. really rough without Doug Baldwin. So it's possible that this passing game just stagnates. But at worst, Marshall looks like the number two option in a Russell Wilson-led passing attack. And I think that that's worth rostering to see what happens. Did you watch that game yet? Yeah. Did Russell Wilson get sacked six times? Yeah, and three of them were by Von Miller, and Von Miller also also stole the football from Chris Carson like yeah. he was taking lunch money from and, a third grader. And guess who else did that in week one? Cleo Mack. And aren't they facing the Seattle Seahawks next week? That is correct. This week? That is correct. Yep, so that's going to be fun for Jermaine Effetti on the right side. Tons <laughs> of fun. Uh, let's keep it going with Dante Pettis. Uh, Dante Pettis was used in all three wide receiver spots, that's kind of his role. Not as the fourth wide receiver, but to move him and give the defense a different look. But he made an absolute bananas catch. Uh, I believe it was in the left corner of the end zone, yep. something like that. Um, what do you think about Dante Pettis moving forward? Well, I think what's what's most important about Pettis is that he worked as like the number two wide receiver after Marquise Goodwin went down. Now, it seems like Marquise Goodwin's Injury is minor. It seems like perhaps even he's going to be able to play this week. And if he's not able to play this week, then, you know, it's only going to be like a one game absence, but they have a pretty good matchup against the lions coming up this week. He Dante Pettis played 72%, 73% of the snaps with Goodwin kind of hobbled in week one. If Goodwin misses that game, I think this passing game is going to have a much better day, obviously, than they had against Minnesota. And if he's the number two wide receiver, that could that could be some fantasy value. So I think, it, especially in deeper leagues, but maybe even in shallower leagues, he needs to be added just to kind of see what happens with Marquise Goodwin. Uh, Ray, Ted Ginn also had a day. Ted Ginn also saw the second most snaps at wide receiver for the Saints, I believe, uh, more than Austin Carr more than Traquan Smith, and more than Cam Meredith, who was not active. That's a pretty good situation to be in with Drew Brees at your, as your quarterback, right? Yeah, you know, it's funny. Given what happened this offseason, Ginn might actually have less competition for targets this year. Because I think Which we forget- crazy. I didn't talk about him at all heading yeah. into the season like I did last year. Yeah, because we we said, oh, they brought in Cameron Meredith. They drafted Traquan Smith. Again, his, his role is going to decrease. But you know, he played fewer snaps than Brandon Coleman last year for whatever reason. I I still haven't figured that one out, but he did. Now we're looking at a situation where Cameron Meredith was a healthy scratch. 
Traycon Smith played 12 snaps. Austin Carr is their slot receiver, but he he had two targets. And Ted Ginn went out there, played 50 snaps, turned that work into five catches for 68 yards and a touchdown. And and I by the way, I think because we kind of said, all right, well, he wasn't as involved as maybe we expected, we overlooked the fact that he had his, easily his most efficient year of his career last season with Drew Brees. It seems like this offense is going to have to throw more this year than they did last year because you know that defense might not be what we hoped it will be. And it's only week one. We'll see what happens. But if they're going to throw more, he's more involved and he can retain that efficiency he had last year. Yeah, that's that's something to get excited about for fantasy. Ray, I forgot to do this last week. I apologize to you. I apologize to listeners, but hit me with some deep cuts. So we got to hit the deep cuts. Uh, you know, I, I get these comments every every week. It seems like on waiver wire, lol, lol. All these guys were drafted in my leagues, lol, 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 lol. You know, stuff like that. And Rafflecopter, yeah, Rafflecopter goes swaswa. But the but those are people that obviously went to the first page and didn't read. If you go into the waiver wire column under every under running back and wide receiver, at least there's a deep cut section. There's only players who are owned in. 5% or fewer of Yahoo League. So this is where you can you deep league players can go in and, and look and see some of the guys who are out there. One such name is Javoris Allen, who is rostered in 3% of fantasy leagues right now. Kenneth Dixon was injured in week one. I guess the only bad thing that happened to the Raiders, Ravens in week one was Kenneth Dixon went down. Javoris Allen was already working as the number two running back. Now he's guaranteed the number two running back spot. And he had that role even after Alex Collins took over last year and he saw over 10 touches a game. If he gets that kind of role, he's certainly going to be valuable in deeper leagues and, and maybe even shallower ones as well. And then a, a really deep name for maybe the next couple of weeks, Deandre Carter, who played 74% of the Eagles mm-hmm. snap in the, in the season opener. He only saw one target, but they need help at wide receiver. Alshon Jeffrey, it doesn't seem like he's coming back anytime soon. That's a, that's a name to keep an eye on for people who play in really deep leagues. Ray, you're beautiful. Thank you so much for joining me. To all of you out there, thank you so much for listening. Again, if you have not subscribed, do that right now. Fix that right now. And if you are, leave a rating and review. Again, we are back on Thursday and Friday and on Sunday for Rotor World Live. And be sure to check out Ray's waiver column up on Rotor World right now. Talk to you all soon. See ya. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.